Coming to you from the Paranormal Warehouse, Destination Mystery paints the story for paranormal content, abnormal adventures, and the fun behind the investigations. Each week, Mike and Melissa will bring a new adventure that includes going to some of the most remote places in the West. They will tell the story behind the investigation and share with you the evidence they discover. This is not your regular paranormal show. These episodes will bring new content from locations that no one would think to investigate or explore. We will not only tell the spooky story, we will go to the location where the spooky story originated. Fasten your seatbelts as we take you on an adventure that will make you question what's normal and what's paranormal. Hello and welcome to Destination Mystery on Paranormal Warehouse. Um, you are, we are on our ninth episode now. Tonight we have a special guest joining us. His name is John from Cache Valley Bigfoot. Um, if you don't already follow him, I highly suggest that you do. He has a Instagram page. Do you also have Facebook or is it just Instagram? It's, it's Instagram right now, but I'm going to get on Facebook. I got to. Yeah, I, I have a Facebook page, but I don't know how to use it. So I'm mostly on Instagram also. Anyway, you can follow him at Cache Valley Bigfoot. Um, and I am Melissa with Ghost Girl Memoirs. I'm Mike with Paranormal Treasure Hunter. And we, you are watching Destination Mystery. We have a few people joining us tonight. We have Michelle, Bo, Bernadette, Jolene, and Shaylee. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, we, uh, we just wanted to give a shout out to all the people that join us um, every week and tell you thank you for making this possible for us. Um, we, oh, if you're joining us via podcast and we are sharing uh, some evidence or uh, pictures that you're not able to view on the podcast. You can go and view those on our um, on our website. I can't talk tonight at all, worse than normal. www.destination-mystery.com. Um, and if you don't have time to see our show on the Paranormal Warehouse, you can uh, listen to us via podcast whenever it's convenient for you. Um, we just ask that you please um, share, like, and subscribe. You can watch us or listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that you listen to your normal podcasts. Um, we would ask also that if you're watching tonight, if you could please hit the share button. That helps us get the word out. And also, this is a family show. Um, tonight will be perfectly fine for any youngsters to listen or watch in. Um, we, um, oh, and if you want to comment, this is an interactive show. Some of you have already started commenting. And I have my phone that actually works tonight. So I hope I'll be able to tune in and comment. Um, if I miss your comment, I apologize. We have Lauren with Paranormal Teens that is also going to help us. And look at her cool shirt. Show your shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at my cool shirt. Yeah. My sister-in-law gave it to me. Michael and John decided to match tonight. I got one too. Wasn't Show even on purpose. <laughs> We're just cool that way. Yeah. And I came straight from work, so I don't look cool. Uh, Stacy just joined us. Hi, Stacy. Gina. Hello, Gina and Melissa. Hello. Um, speaking of work, though, I have a funny story. 
So I had to meet with the state auditor to this morning and we had to do a Zoom call with my boss because um, she wasn't able to be there, but I'm, I couldn't log on with my computer at work because I don't have uh, a speakers or a camera on that computer. So I had to log in with my phone and I log into the Zoom call and my name pops up and guess what it is? Destination mystery. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was, yeah, it was destination mystery. And I was like, and he was like, who's that? <laughs> oh, nobody, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I try to keep my weird um, away from work, but people, yeah, it, it didn't work. Um, David says, hello. Sorry, I missed some of that. I was, I was meeting with the state auditors today. Am I going out or? I didn't hear you. No, it's me. My okay. internet is unstable. I was just saying so. that I had to meet with the state auditor today and we had to do a Zoom call with my boss. And when I logged into the Zoom call on my phone, it came up with the name of Destination Mystery. And he was like, who's that? Oh. It's, <laughs> I, I try to keep my work. Somebody should get to know. I told, yeah, maybe you should listen to the podcast. It's pretty cool. I don't know who they are, but, <laughs> but it's pretty cool podcast. <laughs> um, Mark says hello. Uh, hello from Mark Williams Ghost Adventures. Hey, Mark Williams, thanks for joining us. We'll have to check out your your ghost adventures. Um, today is National Podcast Day, so happy National Podcast Day. Um, any funny stories either of you want to share before we get started? Uh, no. No? <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> you have any, Mike? It's not that eventful. <laughs> um, I had to get rid of half the decorations in my office so I could decorate for Halloween. And so my office is looking pretty bare right now. And it looks like it normally does. <laughs> uh, so we were, at, you know, we were at Spirit Halloween on Saturday, and I was looking for stuff, and my kids were like, what? Like, you need more Halloween decorations. What are you looking for? And I was like, I'm looking for office decorations. These, these aren't Halloween decorations. You can just stay up here around. You can never have enough of those. No. But they didn't have any alien stuff there, and I was very disappointed. <laughs> Penny says hello from California, and David says, come do some paranormal stuff in New Orleans. Oh, my gosh. That would be We'd so love cool. To. I would love to. I'd love to do like one, uh, any of them. Actually, I've only been there once, but it, New Orleans has a has a creepy vibe for sure. And there's oh, a lot. Yeah. Isn't it the most haunted city in the U.S.? I think so. Just the Gettysburg. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Vicky says hi, y'all. All right. So, like I said, we have jo John joining us with Cash Valley Bigfoot. Um, John has a couple of stories in some books that um that i've read i don't know if any of you heard of them or not but this one is called stranger bridgerland and your story in there is called bigfoot at the beaver yeah and then and, that, that oh, john, and that's john olson that's not me oh yeah yep john <laughs> olson wrote the book and it's stories from nor the northern utah area and then this one is like the follow-up it's called stranger Br bridgerland also by John Olson, and your story in here was called Golfing with Bigfoot? Yep. Golfing with Bigfoot. So if you haven't read either of those books, they're pretty, they're pretty fun little stories to read. <clears throat> it's an easy read to get through, yeah. and um, 
they're just fun. They're a lot of fun. And you can read John's two of his stories in those books. Yeah. Um, he just put out a third one too. So. Oh, he did? Is it yeah. released? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Cool. I, I haven't know. seen it yet, but I, I know it's out. Well, I'm going to have to get on and look. I didn't know it was out yet either. Uh, Penny says hello. Oh, I've already got that. Vicky says hi, y'all. Tony says I have a video I can't explain it from New Louisiana. Louisiana, I probably say that wrong because I'm not from there. That would be fun to see, Tony. Mm -hmm. David says, yeah. Uh, Tony says, I am in it. Awesome. David, hello from Delray Beach, Florida. Hello. Oh, I wish I was in Florida. Robert, I would love to go vampire hunting in New Orleans. That would be fun too. That'd be a lot, especially this time of year. <coughs> All right. Did you want to um, talk about those stories in the in the books or? Well, I mean, I'll do the first one. Um, that was when I was 12 years old. That's the one on the golf course up in Smithfield, Utah. And it was probably late spring. It wasn't open yet. We were trying to find golf balls. Because back then, you could go find golf balls on the golf course and then sell them back for 25 cents each to the golf course. And so really? we would always, oh yeah, it was great. We'd always, we'd do it all the time. And so me and my friend Jimmy, um, we were, um, I can't remember what actually area. I know we were down in a gully and there's a golf cart path that goes in between the gully. So like it, it, it cuts it off. And as we came out to this little part of it, there was a, a, a dead doe deer and it looked freshly killed like it wasn't torn apart it wasn't like you know i mean it just looked fresh and out of place so i, I went up to it and he was behind me and there was a big old like like bush in front of the deer it was kind of starting to grow leaves and stuff you know it was early spring or late spring and i turned around because the deer didn't have anything wrong with it except it, its neck looked like it was snapped like it was it was just it was bent backwards and there was no ice. So like it didn't fall on the ice anywhere. And so I turned around on my friend, Jimmy. And as I turned around, he just turned white as a ghost and he took off running. And I'm like, wait a minute. So, and he, he was known as a liar and a prankster and everything. So I, I just chased him up the hill cause he was screaming too, which is not normal for him. And so I chased him and I caught him. I caught up him on top of the hill and I said, I said, what are you doing? And I was just, I thought he was just playing around. And all of a sudden, he's just like, I thought I got you. I'm like, what are you talking about? I had no idea about Bigfoot, had no idea that they were a thing. And right when he said that, he said he thought it got me. I, I said, what are you talking about? This scream came up out of the bottom of the gully where we were. Like, it was a roar. And at first, we thought it was an elk. And and then it, it started running, and it, it was running towards our towards where where we ran but we ran up the left side of the gully and it came up that way and then all of a sudden it veered right went up the other side and out the back side of the gully and all we saw was a big brown blur running away from us and i i don't know if it had the deer in its arms or anything it, it was one of the fastest animals i've seen and when i asked him about it i said i said what do you mean that it, it almost got me he said when i turned around i an arm came out of the bush over my right shoulder and it was trying to grab me and that's when he ran oh, i didn't see it i never sensed it i didn't see the arm but i guess when he ran it pulled back or something or or i ran too fast for it <laughs> but and it was it, definitely on two feet right 
Oh yeah, it was definitely on two feet. And I didn't know what it was then. And I was like, what, 12? And so like a few days later, I'm in school and I, I think Mike knows about this book. It was called, um, uh, what's it called? A de- um, Mysterious Places and Things. That was in the, in the grade schools. And I get on there one time in the book and there was a picture of Bigfoot of the Patty film. Oh. And I saw that and I'm like, that's what we saw. Oh my gosh. And ever since then, I just believed I've had a few incidents here and there in other states and stuff like that. But that's the first time that I ever really had an experience. That's kind of like with me when I had my first paranormal experience, I was about nine ish. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, it's like, I, that's all I, I want to look into it and find out more and yeah. see if I can figure out why and what and where. Yeah. Um, Paul joined us from Ireland. He uh, says, sorry, what? Oh, go ahead. Paul joined us from Ireland, and he said that this is a lot better than the fiasco last night. He's he's referring to the debate. We're not even going to get into that, am I right? No, we're, no, we're not. <laughs> um, he says he feels sorry for all of his United States friends. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Robert just joined us. He says, do you remember if you could smell it from the bush? Um, It was early. I mean, it was early early spring, late spring. So there was tons of dead stuff on the ground, you know, like leaves and everything. And so, I mean, it was just getting fresh. I I couldn't smell anything or I can't remember if I did or not. I just remember the deer. It wasn't like torn apart at all or, or even eaten yet. It looked like it just barely happened because the neck was fresh. It was snapped back and it was a doe. And yeah, like it wasn't even open yet. So, I mean, it must have barely happened right before we got down that gully. Well, and if you were 12 years old, um, I mean, 12-year-old boys stink, so you yeah, might not. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when I grew up with neighbors who hunted deer, so so I saw deer, you know, dead all the time. So, like, it didn't yeah. even phase me that it was a dead deer. Mm-hmm. And, but, yeah, but when he ran off, I was like, there was something about how he ran off screaming, because normally he wouldn't scream, he'd just run off and, you know, play a joke. But, yeah, he was screaming. He, but when he turned white, that that kind of sold me on you knew something was wrong yeah. um, mike do you remember when we went up to smithfield canyon and we found that rope yes so we actually went up there and um where i mean we were just kind of trying to find a fun adventure and stuff mm-hmm. and when we went up there it was like i want to say february ish maybe march is a little march. later the snow well it wasn't a lot february, of snow march, somewhere in there but it, there was some snow and we went into this area it was at night but we went into this area where the trees were like all they were like smaller around mm-hmm. but they were all just snapped off up high yeah and we thought that was kind of weird so that's right there by the golf course that john yeah. is talking about yeah that's not far at all yeah, but now yeah but now they're all getting so i was 12 back then and there were no houses up there except like one back there in the back side of the golf course and all the ones on the um on the facing side of the golf course but now there's like there's neighborhoods all over that place yeah so it's totally different now it's still pretty heavily wooded though i mean considering all yeah if you go up to the mouth of smithville canyon yeah it's pretty good they can't build past that i think good (laughs) yeah tired of everybody moving in yeah exactly (laughs) Michael, you did you have something? There. 
Yeah. Did you have something you wanted to say before? Well, I was going to ask him a question. My internet is really unstable, so I'm fading in and out. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did it again. We can hear you, Mike. I can hear you. I just lost you again. Um, so that was your first experience was as, as seeing Bigfoot? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Can he, oh, he can't see us either. Um, while he's getting his stuff back up, John, yeah, Mark, <laughs> Mark is asking if you were scared. <clears throat> and um, if I was scared of seeing it or like, or during the whole horror deal? Probably both. Um, I, yeah, because after we saw it run away, we, we ran home pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> Paul is asking, um, do you think maybe a parallel dimension and could explain a lot maybe? What are your views? Um, on Bigfoot, I believe a lot of what the uh, Native Americans, you know, believe that it's uh, it's been here for a long time, or or, or they've been here. Um, I, I have a story of a story that I like. That's it's one of my favorites now that I heard about from a few other people that I'll share in a bit. But um, I think there's something to it if they're parallel parallel universe if they're you know you know i don't know it's it's a it's an amazing subject it's, and so many avenues yeah really there are Mar uh, michelle with time forgot just joined us and she said i was there on that spooky trip or it was spooky and she's referring to the time we went to the smithfield canyon mm -hmm. uh, mark is asking how big it was um well i was 12 and when i was 12 i was like five foot uh five or some of that and it was way over my head my dad was six four and it was taller than my dad and that was you know as it ran away from us i could tell it was taller taller than my dad mike can you hear us um he just texted me and said his internet's not working but i can see and hear him just fine yeah uh, he can he can reset it i'll tell him that Um, maybe I'll do our commercial oh. real, can you hear us? <laughs> maybe I'll do our commercial real quick while he's resetting yeah. it. Um, uh, there for now. Can you hear us? Stupid internet. Michael, we can see and hear yeah. you just fine. So you can keep talking. Oh, cause you keep freezing up on my screen, but you still see me. Yeah. yeah. Or hear me? Yeah. Oh, all those words I just said? <laughs> yeah, we heard everything you said. Watch the F words. Uh, <laughs> Robert, <laughs> Robert wants to know if, uh, have you heard any rumors from the people who live near the golf course? And how many big, whoops, how many Bigfoot sightings are there still? I really don't know anybody that lives up there. Um, I really haven't heard much about that area anymore i know hyde park has had a few in green canyon yeah um, green canyon has high creek up in richmond um not sure about about smithfield because it's so heavily used all the time maybe if you go higher um but hyde park is just what like a canyon over so i mean i've heard lots of stories about that place well i grew up in hyde park oh okay and so yeah 
Did and you each, want to... each town has had a different name for it. Really? Yeah. What are the different names? Well, Hyde Park, when I grew up, it was called the Hillside Growler for some really? reason. And Green Canyon, it was called the Green Canyon Shadow. Huh. Um, Millville was, I can't remember, I think it, Millville was the Millville Creeper or something like that. Um, a High Crick was the High Crick Gorilla or High Crick Monster. I've heard these names off and on over you know my life growing up here in the valleys, but the but the Green Canyon Shadow, I've there's there's certain areas of Green Canyon. I know you've been there that just have a vibe. There's that, a couple of stories yeah. about Green Canyon in that book. Yeah, it definitely. But there's just a vibe up there. Like it's funny. It, it could be a bright you know a bright blue sky day with sun everywhere, and then you go in this one area, it's like dark, and mm. it's just and it's just the feeling you get like. It's weird. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I yeah. need to spend more time there. It sounds like my kind of place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Mike, did you want to finish your question? Can you hear me? I only yeah. can hear about half of what yeah. you're saying. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually missing most of it. Oh. Um, I don't even remember what it was now. Keep going. <laughs> Have I'm you so tried? Mad, stupid internet. Have you tried restarting? You're... I just did it twice, and okay. I only can oh. hear about half of you, so. So there's plus and minuses to living out in the middle of nowhere. One of them is there's no people, but also no internet. Um, Robert wants to know about. Well, I live on the middle of nowhere. Go ahead. But everybody moved in, <laughs> and the internet. We all share the same internet, so when everybody gets off work, it just turns to yeah. crap. Robert wants to know what your thoughts about Bigfoot migration patterns are. Yes, I believe in that. I, I have a, a theory that they, they travel between here and Utah. Have you been to the upper trail that, that connects Utah to Colorado? I it haven't. Comes right over, well, it comes right over the top of Beaver Creek, the Sinks area. Mm -hmm. And it's called the Great Basin Trail or oh. something like that. Mm -hmm. it, and it, it can connect from Idaho all the way through through to Colorado and you won't even really hit any small towns and mm -hmm. it's a straight through shot from the top of Utah yeah, so there's I believe three, that three different states that they could be yeah yeah I believe that that there there's some that stay year-round there's some that are nomadic um yeah. how you doing Mike nothing Okay, I'm gonna do our commercial real quick. We um, we have a sponsor. We have a couple of sponsors, but I wanted to give a shout out to the Idaho Falls Plumbing Company who helped sponsor our show. I'm gonna put their logo up real quick. We have uh, we have personally used this company on many occasions, um, and they do a great job. Um, I don't know if you've ever had plumbing issues, but it's one of the worst things to ever experience. So I highly recommend if you're anywhere near the Idaho Falls area, I mean, they even travel to, I want to say they travel to Utah and Wyoming and stuff too, but um, if you're tired of dealing with poor water pressure, um, is the euphoria you experienced during a healthy poo ruined by the rejection of an ungrateful toilet that hasn't flushed properly for as long as you can remember? Maybe your pipes look terrible and you can't stand looking at the mess some half-assed plumber, pun intended, left in your mechanical room. 
Life doesn't have to be this way and you don't have to be embarrassed about your plumbing anymore. Give us a call. The Idaho Falls Plumbing Company is here for you. Be proud of your pipes. You can reach them at 208-569-9743. That's 208-569-9743. So do you want, do you have any um, other stories that you want to share, John, or should we go into the question and answers while Mike's trying to get his computer back up? Well, so like I mentioned before, there's a story I, I've heard from a few people, and one of them was from well, there's two stories. One of them was from a, a guy who owns, who runs the Sasquatch Outpost in Bailey, Colorado. Um, Jim. Fun. And, um, do what? I said fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a cool store. It's really cool. But um, he said this year, there, there's, there's been a few forests, uh, um, national forests up in Oregon that were taking reports of Bigfoot from their, from their firefighters. So they, they had a system where they would ask the firefighters if they had any incidents of, of Sasquatch in, in these certain forests of, this, of Oregon. I'm not sure which ones they are. A few other people have said the same thing that I've talked to. They, it's supposed to be a secret, like a database, but they're doing this, but for some reason, they're doing research in these two forests. Hmm. So I don't know. On Sasquatch? Yes. If, if they experience anything Sasquatch in these two certain forests with the wildlife, you know, with, with the wildfire teams, they actually have to do reports on them. That's awesome. Yeah. I, and then, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think, I doubt they make any of it public though. No. And how, how they found out is it came out, I think it was a, an accidental email or, or something like that came out to somebody who was in the Bigfoot community. And, and I found out about it from a guy in Colorado. And then so, I, I, I have a few friends who I've talked to who have family who are firefighters up there in Oregon, and they said the same thing. So it's kind of like Project Blue Book, but for Bigfoot. Pretty much, yeah. So I don't know. And it's funny. Uh, I talked to the guy in Colorado about it, and he says, if they weren't there, why would they do research on them? Right. <laughs> if they're not real, you know, why would there right. be a government-funded, you know, why, why would there be a government-funded group? you know, like um, chain, you know, doing database on them. So right. I don't know. I went to a, um, a, a Bigfoot convention about a year ago and I listened to Cliff Brackman mm -hmm. yep. do a presentation. And he was saying that the, um, uh, the Olympic Peninsula had a group of loggers that kept coming across these nests and they looked like gorilla nests mm -hmm. and they found like 200 of them in this area um, and they couldn't explain like what animal would make these nests like wow. they don't know of any animal that lives there in the, the peninsula that would make them and within like two miles they found at least eight footprints and these are loggers you know that have been out there and they're they're questioning what it is too pretty yeah. interesting yeah, sorry, my clock's going off again. Oh, that's okay. Uh, Robert said, "When you have Bigfoot messes with when Bigfoot messes with your plumbing, call the Idaho Falls Plumbing Company." <laughs> I'm sure that they've dealt with some weird stuff. Uh, Paul says the Bigfoot Bigfoot is big in the UK. Um, Lass has spent ages researching. Love to hear some of your stories, Paul. Darren says oh, yeah, hello. Sure. 
And then he says, if you caught Bigfoot, would you keep it to yourself or would you tell the world? <coughs> if I caught it, um, yep. I'd probably, I wouldn't even keep it. I would, I would document like get fur, get, you know, blood sample or whatever, or, you know, really get video and pictures and I let it go. It doesn't have to be in a zoo, you know, but they, they already have them. I'm sure the government already has bodies, especially after Mount St. Helens in 1980. There was tons of stories about them, them pulling out, you know, Sasquatch bodies and half, half dead ones and half, you know, and burnt ones and everything. So they already have them. Yeah. You know, I kind of think they do too. And I think that a lot of people who research and document them um, would prefer that. My, so I forgot to let Michael in. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, Mike. Um, I think that they are probably trying to protect the habitat and areas where they are. Yeah. If it were me, I would not tell the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, why would they tell, you know, I mean, uh, what say the average person from the city finds out that there's a, you know, seven to eight foot, you know, animal out, well, not animal, like, you know, bipedal you know you know something out there in the woods that you know is out there they want to go out there in the outdoors i don't know i don't know yeah i think i, I think they hide it for a reason i do too because i mean the first time you you show the picture and show it that you know hey it's real here it is people are yeah. going to go out hunting for it yeah. and you don't want that to happen yeah hey mike can you hear us you can hear you now we you were go. just now we were just talking, um, Darren asked the question, if you caught Bigfoot, would you keep it to yourself or tell the world? Mike and I have had this discussion on numerous occasions. Give your view on it, Mike. If I saw Bigfoot, I probably wouldn't tell anybody about it. I would want him to live free. Now, if somebody hit one on the side of the road, I could sell it for a lot of money. That's a different story, but <laughs> I probably would leave it alone. I would want it to be free because they all would the, hunt it down. Yeah, then you'd have all the weirdos showing up to where yeah. you hit it. Yeah, I'd lie about where it was, but because go ahead. I talked to Cliff Barackman about that once from Finding Bigfoot, and he said if he, they will overrun your property if you if you tell tell them mm -hmm. you saw something on it, they will overrun it. People from all over. I mean, you put something on there about a great fishing hole on the internet, and the next time you go out there, there's 40 people yeah. in your fishing yeah. hole. So, what would be with Bigfoot? So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Hence, the reason why we don't often tell people where we're at when we do our stuff because we don't want it overrun with those people who aren't going to respect the area and stuff. Yep, I agree. I like my privacy, so I imagine Bigfoot does too. Yeah. Obviously. I like being alone. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I probably would tell my story if I saw Bigfoot, but I don't think I would give my location. Well, maybe I'd give my location, but I definitely wouldn't like, yeah. I don't know. I, I would have a hard time sharing that only because I wouldn't want people out there trying to ruin it. Mm -hmm. Darren has a question. And I've never thought of. Um, would you use the blood samples in the medical field to see if they can cure any disease and stuff, like maybe a cure for cancer? If you I caught one, I guess. 
Well, I'm not medically inclined, but that'd be cool if they could do that. I, I know, guess. I know they have elephant blood that has been shown to cure cancer. So. Hmm. That's I never even thought of that. I guess we could have my husband draw the blood if you ever catch one, John. Yeah. We'll test it. <laughs> I never thought of that either, but I'd use it to help um, scare people away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How to avoid people. Yeah. Um, Mark says, yes, he's also very private on investigations. And Darren says, are there different kinds of Bigfoot and do they have families? Um, I think so. Like if you look at the, if you look at some of the photos of the, you know, Sasquatch down in Florida, they look way different than the ones up the, in, in the Northwest. Um, and there's different coloring heights. I know Ohio has the grass man. And Oklahoma has a grass man, and he's he's supposed to be smaller and a lot more red um, in color. Um, I don't know. I know they have families. I'm, that's why I said there there's some that stay and there's some that are nomadic. Um, I want to tell this story. I heard this from a few different people now, and I'm trying to find the real article about it because so this is like you know, this is from people who who said they've seen the article. Um, there was this happened like in the 1920s or 30s. I'm not sure if it was Canada or Oregon or Idaho or Washington State. Um, there was a town that lived, you know, the small town in the mountains, and they kept getting in this one area that was harassing, and they kept getting like their animals taken and dogs killed, and you know, getting intimidated when they went through there. And they finally had enough of it, and they got together with the sheriff of the county, and they said, "We're going to go in there and blast them." Or, or take care of whatever's doing this. And the night before, they had a big meeting. And, the, and as they were having the meeting, three tribal elders from three different tribes came into the meeting just unannounced and said, you guys uh, do not go in this forest. We know who they are. They were here long before us. They, they know what they, you know, they, they're, they're trying to stop you from going in there. And they said, if you go in there, you will not come out. And that's what I believe. I think a lot of it, they, they, they've been here longer than us. The Indians know. Um, if you talk to any Native American if from, from any tribe, there's a different name for Sasquatch, you know? Yeah. And the, it's kind of, it's too much to be a, a coincidence when there's, a, you know, over 1,200 tribes in America back then, and they each have a different name for it. And it's different, like, you know, um, heights and descriptions and everything. I don't know this 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 whole whole subject is just interesting to me and i know it is you guys too yeah there's such a wide variety of possibilities yeah. and yeah i it fascinates me um irene from tokyo just joined us there you go um darren's from wisconsin i bet that's a pretty heavily um yeah, he has sasquatchy, dog yeah sasquatchy area <laughs> He might have said something about that. I missed some of the comments, so because they they scroll through so fast, I apologize if I missed your com comment. But um, hello, yeah, hi, Mike, we can hear you. He's struggling. <laughs> we can hear you, Mike. Um, should we go with the question and like, should we go with the questions that Mike sent, or do you want to? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Irene said, sacred areas are so protected and it happens. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so how, oh, well, you already kind of answered this, John, but the first question was, how did you get started in Bigfooting? And I'm, I'm guessing it's from that encounter you had when you were 12. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did you, or when did you know Bigfoot was real? I guess that's the same, yeah, probably the same. I think it was around the same time. Um, and then when, yeah, it was around the same time. I really didn't like, you know, I, I never really thought it was dangerous or anything. I, I've, I've never thought that. Cause I used to go backpacking alone and hiking alone and never had any issue. Um, I've never felt threatened by something I, I didn't see. I mean, I've had bears and moose and you know mountain lions close and I felt more threatened from them than I did from anything else. You know, in my opinion too, I think they're um, they're trying to avoid us as much as yeah. So unless you're um, threatening them, I would think they wouldn't. There's they would leave you alone. I yeah. would think mm -hmm. unless you're in their territory. Yep. So much the same as a moose or elk or yeah. Um, Darren says I've heard we have werewolves way up north Wisconsin. Would that be similar to the dog man? Yeah, that's a dog man. Yeah. Um, so some of these you already answered. What does he look like? You already told us that. Where were the circumstances when you saw him or her? And we talked about that. Um, was it exciting or terrifying to you or both? Well, the, you know, the first time when I was 12, it was exciting. I mean, it was both exciting and terrifying because I didn't know what it was. The I, I had one touch my tent. Um, when I was 20 in the Wind Rivers in Wyoming. And that one was exciting because I because I saw the I saw the outline of the hand on my tent and it was gigantic. And it wasn't a paw, it was a hand. It was a hand. That would <laughs> scare that would yeah. scare me. And that that was cool. Um, the other ones I've seen really haven't been terrified. Um, I know you guys said Mike kind of had an experience where he, he got nauseated and kind of felt really sick mm -hmm. uh, one night when you thought there was, there was one around. That's kind of what started this whole conversation. Uh -huh. We did a episode last week um, where we went into a gulch yeah. in a really rural part of Idaho. And we, I mean, it just, it was the weirdest thing. We felt like we were being watched the whole time. There was a really bad smell. We went back about a month later and found tracks. Um, and so I remember you talking to me about infrasound yes. and what that can kind of do to a, a human. So that's what kind of started this whole conversation and why yeah. we decided to do this. So do you want to talk a little bit about infrasound and kind of what it is and the theories about that and yeah, Bigfoot? I yeah, I believe infrasound's real, or, or that they use it. It's real. You know, it's real because elephants use it. Wells use it. Yep. Um, a human can hear um, anything between twenty hertz to to sixteen thousand hertz, and uh, elephants can go be you know way below twenty. They can go like to minus four, or or way above that that we can't hear. But what it does to people is it causes nausea. Um, uneasiness, fear. Um, some some people say they get zapped when they're around Bigfoot, and that's kind of what your body feels like. It's like a, a charge of something going through your system that that really knocks your system out of whack for a minute. And it's not them trying to hurt you; it's them telling you, "Okay, you're too close. It's time to leave the area." Or, you know, 
or you're going to have something else happen. It's kind of like their first first tactic of intimidation, I yeah, think. To, to try yeah. and scare you away or protect them, their yeah, yeah, territory. Yeah, but I, I also think they, they can sense things. Um, There's a study up in Canada a few years ago. These, these scientists were studying uh, trapping and wolves. And they, they actually figured out if you're thinking about trapping a wolf while you're setting a trap, uh, the trap won't work. Uh, the wolves won't come near it. They'll avoid the area. But they, 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 they found if you just thought other thoughts, like, you know, if the good thoughts about any, anything except trapping, they would trap a wolf. And they kind of think that animals have a sense of what, what you're thinking as you're doing something, and it kind of leaves a scent or something on the on the trap. Um, I don't know. Animals have a different, whole different, you know, whole perspective and spirituality to them. Yeah, and they have way more senses and abilities yeah. than we do to, to yeah. help protect themselves. Yeah. The infrasound, yeah, I, I believe they have it. I've been, I've been hit with it once in, in Logan Canyon up here up by White Pine Lake, and I turned there, right around. There are a lot of sightings <laughs> up there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, yep. I believe in it too. And as I, you know, when you were telling me about that, I uh, did some research on it and, you know, there are a lot of animals that have infrasound, mm -hmm. I mean, tigers, lions, yep. elephants, whales, dolphins. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't Bigfoot have it the yeah. same way? And they were saying that, you know, it could be used to help, um, help them across long, communicate across long distances yeah. to each other. It could help them yeah. protect themselves. All sorts of reasons why they would yeah. have it. It could help them with navigation. Um, oh, yeah. uh -huh. So many reasons why they would have it. So it, to me, it makes total sense that, yeah. that they would. And that describes a lot of uh, how I felt when we were down in that gulch. Yeah, um, no, no, I'm sure you guys were having an experience with one, yeah. I think we were too. Um, I just kind of wish we would have seen it, <laughs> not from up close, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> far enough away. Yeah. Um, can, oh, so here's the next question. Why can't we get a good picture of one? I think that's part of the infrasound. I really do. I think they can, they just, as they're, I don't know, as they're running, you know, they just, they send it out um, or they, or they can hear the trail camera or, or see the trail camera. I know people who, who try to like, make their trail cameras really, really silent and they wrap it in like, you know, sound soundproofing and they don't get anything on it at all. I remember so, watching something about how dogs can detect um, electronic equipment. Mm -hmm. So maybe Bigfoot can do the same thing. Yeah, plus, plus they're in that area, you know, that's where they live. And so they'll see something out of place on a tree or on a, you know, on a on a log i mean it's way it's real hard to even catch animals on them sometimes unless you're on a really like a really traveled trail like mm -hmm. i put mine out uh, up by 20 grove and in the past three weeks i caught two deer and you know there's a lot more than two deer up there oh 100 yeah elk yeah. And moose, everything yeah mountain lions yeah yeah um oh oh i, I was gonna say i believe infrared um can be a big part of why you can't catch a good picture too but yep. but honestly we do have some good photographic evidence oh, yeah yeah um there's a lot out there that's that's bogus but there are yeah. some really good videos and pictures out there so 
I mean, if you've ever listened, have you, you listened to Jeff Meldrum when he came up here to speak oh, yeah. about right. the Patterson Gemlin <laughs> footage. Yeah. Um, if you've never had the chance to listen to his lecture, it is amazing. And I had always kind of had the thought of, oh, it'd be really cool if Bigfoot was real, but I wasn't sure. And after I listened to that lecture, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> Bigfoot's definitely real. Yeah. Yep. It was very interesting. Um, John wants to know, I would like to go camping and try to see Bigfoot. Where do you have to go? <laughs> uh, you can't go up there That's and just a million dollar question. We want to yeah, know too. I, I wish I could do that every day. Um, I don't know. Just, I would go on some sites. Like, I really wouldn't, I don't know if I should badmouth the BFRO or not because you guys met Cliff. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> he badmouths them a lot so oh, yeah. he, he does now i'm glad yeah um yeah i would just find find an area that has that has sightings in your state and just go i, I doubt you'll see them or experience them unless you're real lucky uh, but if you want to try to get a response do some wood knocks do some whoops um you know i wouldn't leave out food because that could be any animal taking it um don't uh, yeah so i would do wood knocks and whoops the first few nights and then just you know don't don't go out you know thinking that you're gonna see one because you're probably I, not i almost think that people who have the sightings are those that aren't trying to go out and yeah yeah my mine mine in wyoming when it touched my tent i had no idea it was even around no yeah. idea there was i wasn't even i didn't have any even thought in my head i was just up there a big sandy lake just camping and fishing and it, it showed up one night in my camp. I had um, no idea Ro what was around. Robert is asking, what is your opinion about Bigfoot being a nocturnal creature? Um, I think it's both day and night because they're sightings during the day too. Um, I think they're just like us. They have their sleep patterns. Some are insomniacs. I mean, I don't think they're on medications or anything. <laughs> Probably but, not. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's some that are always nocturnal and but but you know but during the day um i bet they're out more because people aren't actually in the woods more during the you know during the week but on weekends is when the woods are busy mm -hmm. um during the hunting season i actually gotten a few uh reports from hunters who actually got them in their scopes in the past few years and during the day mm -hmm. But 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 they're sitting in areas where where hunters normally won't go, so they're they avoid the hunters, and they know yeah. how to. But um, yeah, I think a lot of them are, you know, day and night. Hey, Mike, can you hear us? We can't no, hear. We can responding. see you, but we can't hear you. <laughs> Is your mute on? Think your mute's on, Mike. Yes. Sir. There, there you go. Sure See, Mike's the <laughs> one that really needs. Yes, we can hear you, Mike. And Mike, you're it's the one. It's not just the technology. <laughs> Mike is the expert on Bigfoot here, so I would really like. We need you, buddy. <laughs> I would really like to do it too, but I am not an expert on the stupid internet. It just <laughs> keeps going in and out. I can only hear about half of what you're saying. Are you good now? Do you think? And you're gone again back on we can hear you grief. nothing it's like but i don't know i can't hear you so i don't know what's going on 
Uh, well, we'll we'll just continue on then. We have Chris joining us, um, and Michelle was replying to a question that Jer or Darren had about the biggest one being about ten feet tall. I must have missed, or I don't think I got to all your question, Darren. Um, do you know how tall he gets, or how what's the tallest reported one that I you mean, know? Of? I've I've heard reports of what eleven feet tall. That's that's way tall. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I think the average that was Goliath. That was eleven feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> so like I've, I think about, you know, the average is probably seven feet tall. The males, maybe a little taller. I don't think they get much taller than that. That's still pretty in, tall in Utah, unless they're yeah. You were talking about sleeping medication, and Chris says I've prescribed a few meds to them. I think he was <laughs> referring to Mike. Yeah. Mike's pretty hairy. It's scary. Mike, we got, you can you hear us? Okay, I'll finish the questions then. Um, yeah, for now. Oh, do you want to, we got to the, why can't you get a good picture? Do you want to yeah. start from there, Mike? Okay. Why can't we get a picture? No, yeah. that's where we got to, Michael, on the questions. That's okay. I'll finish. Um, he, uh, one of the questions is, can they see infrared? I think so. That's why they can avoid the cameras. Yeah, I think so too. Because cause if you see some reports, they have red eye shine or, or yellow eye shine. I think it depends on on the type of um, device you're using that it shows up. I don't know. For those of you joining via podcast, Mike's holding up a big sign that says help. He's struggling with his internet issues, and which is quite sad because he's the Bigfoot guy in our group, and he has a lot of knowledgeable information. It's my favorite topic. I know. We'll have yeah, to do this again, Mike. It's not like we can't talk about it again. Yeah. Um, why haven't we found a body yet? But I was prepared oh. this time. <laughs> well, go ahead. Let's get you all we can. Yeah, why, do you, why haven't they found a body? Michael, why haven't they found a body yet? What do you think, John? I can kind of hear him, but is he not going to come through? He just—we just lost him again. <laughs> okay, I think they bury her dead. I think they bury him. I think they're—they're—they're they're, they're smart enough, and um, you know, and have a have traditions like everything. Like the Indians say, they've been here longer than us, and I think they have—they have, they have um, ceremonies, and they bury her dead. I don't think they eat them. I don't think they just throw them away, um, but. They, I, I know the government probably has them after Mount St. Helens, especially because uh, it was That's so, an interesting know, story. Oh, yeah. there's a few. Yeah, there's crazy up there. But I think they buried her dead. Um, I have a book. When I went to that Bigfoot convention, there was a lady who wrote a book about that. And she, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think she came across the burial site, but it was a Native American that came across the site and they knew what it was and knew what was there and they were huge graves and there was a bunch of them and yeah. they just left left them kind of blessed the land left it alone yeah um but also cliff had a interesting theory on that too and he said that they um he's like they did a study of black bears in idaho and they mm -hmm. had they were monitoring 200 black bears so they had them yeah. um, they were tracking them somehow 
And out of those 200 black bears, they only found the remains of one. Yeah. And they were tracking them. Yeah, yeah. So if they're that hard to, you know, and he was saying that there are insects that can eat an entire elephant in four months and be yeah, completely I'm, gone. I'm sure. And then yeah. some type of deer that also um, get in there and just eat the carcasses away. But, mm -hmm. you know, if, if we're tracking 200 black bears and we know where they are, but we could only find the remains of one, who's to say we're ever going to find the remains of a Sasquatch that is probably a lot smarter yeah, than a I mean, bear? I I mean, how many how many deer have you found when you go hiking? Not not many, unless yeah. they've been hit by a car on the side of yeah, the road. Exactly. Like I've I came up on one uh, dead dead elk in Wyoming in the Wind Rivers, and they're everywhere up there. Yeah. And that was and it was an elk that was that was dead for a long time. Yeah. So it's not it's not hard to you know not find something in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons why. And and you know what? I bet we have found remains, like you said. It's just making them public knowledge. If you found the remains of a Bigfoot, you wouldn't tell anybody, I don't think. No. I wouldn't. And you probably read some of those stories about the about the Smithsonian coming into these museums, oh. you know, came in and took the bodies from them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. There's especially in Nevada, you know, there were lots of, of graves found of giants. Mm-hmm in nevada that if the smithsonian came in and took them yep and you know yeah so i don't maybe, know maybe maybe there's a reason the government's trying to protect them maybe yeah. they're in areas where we want to protect our forests and our wildlife and yeah they're helping out with that i don't know um could the gut oh this goes to the next question could the government be hiding or exterminating them i i've heard different versions of this i've I, if you listen to the guy, there's a guy on YouTube I, I like a lot now. This is kind of what got me started. You know, it was you guys and then him getting, you know, back into researching and everything was, it's, his name's Steve and he does how to hunt on, on YouTube. I think I've but seen also, his stuff. Have you seen him? He's uh -huh. amazing. He is. Yeah. yeah. He, a lot of what he believes, I, I'm right there with him because mm -hmm. he's even shared stories where there's the, where he thinks after people talk to the certain person at the BFRO, they start getting harassed mm -hmm. and that's that's been documented by a few people i think even cliff said something about that yep and, um yeah it's i think there's there's two sides to the government where one of them has to do research so they go in and kill things or they have to stop sightings or stop this certain area of being uh found i don't know it's some of this stuff's just you know above our pay grade <laughs> <laughs> which is nothing yeah, exactly um yeah there's a lot of theories and i think we could go on forever about yeah. that but um robert says i think they might i also think they might think a camera might look like a handgun to them so they would try to avoid it better to be safe than sorry yeah yeah and I think like, I mean, even my dog knows what a gun is and he stays away from it. He doesn't like mm -hmm. it. So yep. they know it's yep. not something good. Chris no. says, Chris says predators don't wait, wait for permission to eat. No. No, they do not. Um, let's see. Could, oh, do, do they have a connection with UFOs or the paranormal or are they just rare biological creatures? <clears throat> um, 
there's so many different ways to talk about that. Cause I, cause I've, I've read stories where they've seen them with UFOs or, or they came out of UFOs. Um, I, I think we don't know a lot of our, our ancient history. If you watch ancient aliens and then you kind of see what they say and, and the evidence they have, and there, there's something to something that we don't know about yet. I don't know. Like Project Blue Book, like you said, you know, it's just there's so much out there that has been hidden from us or not talked about or our memories like has lost that bit of it. You know, I don't I don't know about the UFO thing, but I when either. I was when I was researching the infrared, mm -hmm. it said that a circuit, certain frequency um, can uh, produce light or like mm -hmm. balls of light. Yep. So. I know that a lot of Bigfoot sightings are associated with balls of light. So maybe yeah. it, it is that infrared that's putting off those balls of light that people may think is a UFO or yeah, it could be. Um, there was something else that I was reading about. Oh, it also said that a lot of people who have paranormal, oh, we're out of time already. Holy crap. <laughs> who have paranormal encounters um, that infrared can give off the sense of of having that encounter. Um, oh, wow. I can't remember the exact words. I'll have to look it up, but I didn't even know it was 930 already. Yeah, it's going by fast. So John, we've only got through about half of our questions. Yeah. What do you say joining us in a month to, to finish the topic? Hopefully yeah. when Michael can <laughs> be on because he's the one that really um, has all the information. I mean, he's got lots and he has so many questions to ask you. Yeah, no, that's so, great. Awesome. Well, we'd like to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Uh, sorry that Michael had some issues with his internet. He's the fun one in the group. We missed him. Hopefully <laughs> he won't have any problems next week. Um, we'd like to thank John for joining us. Uh, you can follow him at Cash Valley Bigfoot on Instagram. Um, he puts some really good stories on there. So you won't be disappointed when you follow his account. Um, and real quick, we just want to give a shout out to all of our veterans. It's one of the causes that we like to support. Um, if you want to go to redcross.org, um, they have a lot of um, different services for the veterans that you can you know, either volunteer your time or your money or whatever you have. And if you are a veteran and need some help, you can also go to that website or you can text um, get hero care to 90999 and they will help put you in contact with someone that can help you. Um, next week, we don't know for sure which episode we're going to do, but October is full of some really fun episodes. We're going to do um, a witching episode. We're going to do one with uh, Chuck Zukowski. Have you ever heard of him, John? I have not. He uh, has a lot. He's a UFO guy. He's on UFO, or I think the website is UFO Nut, but he did a show called Alien Highway. And oh, he yeah, has... Okay. Lots, uh, if you've read the book, The 37th Parallel, that story is about him. And he's got tons of information on cattle mutilations, which mm. is something Mike and I experienced growing up. And so we have a lot of questions for Chuck. That'll be an exciting episode. That'll be on the 21st for sure. And then uh, I think we're going to do a prison investigation one also. So stay Wait. tuned. Stay tuned. I'm going to put out a graphic that'll have our shows and the dates that they're going to be on. Um, it's our favorite month. So we're super excited to do some of the episodes that we've been waiting to do. Hope you can all join us. Um, 
stay weird, <laughs> squatch on. Anything else to add, John? Oh, I'm good. Have a good night. Okay. Thanks for joining us. We'll see yeah, you all next welcome. week. See ya.